Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They do terrific work, and you can find out more and give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including special guest Mark Schulman. He's the founder and publisher of HistoryCentral.com. We'll be talking about current global events, and there's a lot going on. Also, a visit with John Miltimore. He's the editor-at-large for fee.org, F-E-E.org, the website of the Foundation for Economic Education. And Jim McTagg, former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief and author of many murder mysteries, will be with us as well. It is November the 20th, and on this day in 1945, 24 high-ranking Nazis were went on trial in Nuremberg, Germany, for atrocities committed during World War II. The Nuremberg trials were conducted by an international tribunal made up of representatives from the United States, the Soviet Union, France, and Great Britain. It was the first trial of its kind in history, and the defendants faced charges ranging from crimes against peace to crimes of war to crimes against humanity. Lord Justice Geoffrey Lawrence, the British member, presided over the proceedings, which lasted 10 months and consisted of 216 court sessions. On October the 1st, 1946, 12 architects of Nazi policy were sentenced to death. Seven others were sentenced to prison terms ranging from 10 years to life. Three were acquitted. Of the original 24 defendants, only one, Robert Ley, committed suicide while in prison, and another, Gustav Krupp von Bonn von Hochbach, uh, was deemed mentally and physically incompetent to stand trial. On October the 16th, 1946, 10 of the architects of Nazi policy were hung, or hanged. Uh, Goring, who was uh, at sentencing, was called the leading war aggressor and crater of the oppressive vote program against the Jews, committed suicide by poison on the eve of his scheduled execution. Nazi party leader um, Martin Bormann was condemned to death in abstention, but is now believed to have died in May 1945. Trials of lesser German and Axis war criminals continued in Germany into the 1950s and resulted in the conviction of 5,025 other defendants and the execution of another 806. Nuremberg, <clears throat> first of its kind in the history of the globe. Stocks climbed Friday to reach their th third positive week in a row for the first time since summer, uh, boosted by data showing inflation is on the way down. It's been a November to remember for the stock market, with the S&P 500 having surged 9.6% in the past three weeks. That's amazing. It's the best three-week stretch since 2020. Well, the question is, will Wall Street uh, move from Manhattan to Miami? Ken Griffin, who moved the headquarters of his multi-billion dollar hedge fund, Citadel, from Chicago to Miami last year, thinks the answer may be yes. Now gazillionaire um, Jeff Bezos of Amazon fame is practically moving down the street from Griffin. Then there's also Wall Street icons, including Carl Icahn and Paul Singer, both of whom have moved their financial operations from Wall Street to South Florida. Miami represents the future of America, said Griffin in his Citadel Securities Global Marco Conference in Miami. He predicts that Florida could become the world's new financial mecca because it has an environment that encourages growth, quote-unquote. What a concept. The exodus of money out of New York and relocated into Florida has reached an all-time high in recent years, according to IRS tax return data. It's hard to understand how a city that wants to retain its status as the world's center of capital could charge the highest capital gains rate in the country. Uh, I think New York needs to change its tune pretty quick or it's going to be losing uh, its sway and power in the country and the world. On a sad note, uh, former First Lady Rosalind Carter died Sunday at age 96, according to the Carter Center. She was the closest advisor to her husband and, uh, and President Jimmy Carter during his one term as Commander-in-Chief and in their four decades thereafter as global humanitarians. She died after living with dementia and months of uh, declining health. She went into hospice, and uh, within a week she, was, uh, she had died. 
Jimmy Carter went into hospice months ago and still alive. <clears throat> Libertarian candidate uh, Javier Miley of the La Libertad Avanza, or it's Liberty Moves Forward in English, that party will become the president of Argentina on December the 10th. This is big news. The free market capitalists obtained 55.86% of the votes with 91.81% of the polling stations counted. A stunning victory for the right that resulted in the defeat of ruling party candidate Sergio Massa, who only garnered 44.13% of the votes. Today marks the end of a stage of my political life, said left-wing proponents uh, Sergio Massa, admitting defeat after the Sunday's election against uh, the new president. This Sunday's election saw, day saw 76.37% turnout, the second lowest in history following the 76.2% in 2007. Under the slogan of uh, Liberty Advances, uh, the new president and his uh, vice presidential running mate uh, proposed an ambitious vision that spans from the economy to education and to security. It's going to be include not only uh, drastic cuts in public spending, it's also going to include implement of cost savings by reducing funds allocated to retirement and pensions. And also the final phase of the plan includes the liquidation of the central bank and the comprehensive reforms in health, education, and security sectors. I think he wants to give up, uh, I'm not sure if it's the peso or what their uh, uh, money is, but uh, I think he wants to go uh, coordinate it with the dollar. That's a, a real victory in South America, which seemed to be going all to the left, to globalist, and uh, under the influence of China. Well, a judge in Colorado has rejected a challenge filed by the left-leaning group to remove former President Donald Trump from the state's 2024 presidential primary ballot under the 14th Amendment. On Friday, Colorado Judge Sarah B. Wallace ruled that Trump could not be kicked off the ballot in the state because the insurrection clause of the 14th Amendment did not apply to the presidency. The challenge in Colorado was filed by Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington on behalf of six Colorado voters. Part of the court's decision is a reluctance to embrace an interpretation which would disqualify a presidential candidate without a clear, unmistakable indication that such is the intent of Section 3, Wallace wrote. The ruling comes after similar uh, efforts to block Trump from appearing on the state ballot failed in Michigan and Minnesota. Trump's campaign spokesman Stephen Chung said that the ruling was another nail in the coffin for the efforts to make Trump ineligible to run for office. Wallace did not uh, did rule that the Capitol riot was an insurrection and claimed that Trump meant to incite political violence, which, of course, is not true. And you can take a look at the, some of the new votes, uh, tapes that have been released recently about what happened on January the 6th. But nevertheless, uh, she set the table for uh, perhaps some sort of a claim or a, a advancement of the case uh, in another court or advanced court. <clears throat> West Virginia Democrat Joe Manchin vowed Sunday to go around and see if we can mobilize the radical middle, he calls it, the radical middle. Manchin, a moderate who did not seek 2024 re-election, made the comment to a radio host in uh, ABC 770 AM, echoing similar comments last week on CNN. Manchin, who appears to be teasing a possible 2024 presidential bid, also said that Sunday, Sunday that Biden has been pulled so far to the left, the extreme left, as far as liberal. Uh, make no sense at all. It's uh, not the person we thought we we're going to bring into the country and bring the country together. So Manchin has kind of set the table uh, for a run as uh, president. That, I think, would be very detrimental to the uh, Democrat ticket. But a lot can happen in a, uh, just a short period of time. The annual cost to U.S. taxpayers to care for and house the millions of illegal aliens who've been released in the country on Joe Biden's watch is approaching a half a trillion dollars, according to a report by the Center for Immigration Studies. A half a trillion dollars. The cost also includes taxpayer funds that are supporting the 1.7 million known gotaways who eluded border authorities while crossing the border. The cost of taxpayers could be as high as $451 billion per year, uh, the uh, CIS reported. 
meanwhile, the House Committee on Homeland Security released a report on November the 13th, which details the staggering amount taxpayers shell out to fund illegal aliens' health care, education, and housing. Additionally, with the influx of illegal alien encounters, taxpayers are left to bear the brunt of costly extra law enforcement. All these tens of billions of dollars in municipal costs to house and care for newly arrived immigrants or migrants, illegal for the most part, are due to the president and his feckless border policies. Joe Biden could spare local taxpayers even more billions of dollars if he wanted to. And apparently he just doesn't want to. How sad. Hmm. Well, the Department of Defense uh, failed in its sixth straight audit with little positive change from the year prior, despite pledges from the Pentagon leaders to make improvements on the massive undertaking each year. Auditors gave seven of the department's 29 sub-agencies a clean audit in 2023 with no change from 2022 audit, according to the Wednesday's statement. Although it's not a surprise that DOD hasn't yet been able to account for $3.8 trillion enterprise and $4 trillion in liabilities scattered across 50 states and 4,500 sites. Uh, Department officials uh, previously said they expected to see incremental improvement. The uh, Pentagon uh, began formally auditing itself in 2018, one of the last agencies to begin doing so after Congress required it in 1990. This seems like kind of a big deal to me. You you can't audit for trillion dollars uh, or 3.8 trillion dollar enterprise seems to me uh, <clears throat> that's a problem well Israel and Hamas appear to have been nearing an international broker deal for the release of some of the roughly 240 hostages that militant group captured from Israel and hid in Gaza after uh, the uh, October 7th surprise attack according to reports under the latest proposal led by Egypt Cater and others and uh, the US Hamas would release a number of women and children hostages in exchange for the release of roughly the same number of Palestinian women and children held in Israeli prisons a short pause in the fight is expected to be part of the deal though the length of potential pause is reportedly a sticking point in negotiations Meanwhile, at least 30 premature babies and 2,500 civilian patients and staff were evacuated from Gaza's uh, Al-Shifa hospital, uh, which Israel forces raids last week and said that they discovered the presence of the command center inside. Separately, Yemen's Iran-backed Houthi rebels uh, seized Israeli-linked cargo ship in the Red Sea, taking 25 crew members hostage. The militant group also warned uh, that it will continue to take uh, Israeli-linked ships until the uh, Israel-Hamas war ends. So things are heating up or trying to cool down, or we're going to forget the true scoop from Mark Schulman here in just a few minutes. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you visit the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Mark Schulman, founder and publisher of historycentral.com. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Thank you. 
Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to visit with John Miltimore. He is uh, the editor-at-large for Fee.org. Right now, we have with us Mark Schulman. Mark is the founder and publisher of a terrific multimedia website. It's called HistoryCentral.com. I hope you check it out. Mark, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Always a pleasure, Bob. Thank you, Mark. Mark is uh, located in Tel Aviv, right in the midst of the heart of the conflicts that are going on. Uh, Mark, let's start off with what's happening in Israel, Gaza, and uh, other related issues related to the Middle East. Okay, so it's a complicated layer layer of issues. Um, in the ground war in Gaza, Israel has more or less seized almost all of the northern half of the Gaza Strip. There's still one area that it's still working to seize. Um, and it's you know, seized the five hospitals in the north, under which most all of them they found signs that the hospitals have been used as centers for for Hamas. Wow. What they have not done is successfully rescued more than they rescued one hostage, and until now, all they've managed to receive is to get find three bodies of hostages. Um, at least two of them, or for sure, probably all three of them, killed by Hamas at at some point. Um, so the question is, what's with the other hostages? Yeah. Uh, there's talk of a deal that would provide five days of um, of ceasefire in return for returning 50 of the women and children. The talk of that has been going on for a whole bunch of days. It has not happened yet. Um, the concern about Israel is they'll take this deal and then have nothing to do for the rest of the 190 hostages left. So it's unclear, and it's unclear when and if that will happen. Mm-hmm. Um, people are holding their breath, and you know it's it's very difficult. I mean, I, it happens to be that I live very close to where um, hostage families demonstrate, so I see them all the time. And what do you say to people like that? They, I know, talk, especially ones that have five or seven-year-old kids being held uh, hostage somewhere underground in Gaza. So sad. Uh, so very very difficult. Um, on the larger picture, the North continues to be uh, continued missile strikes and rocket attacks. Um, supposedly, up until now, there have been over a thousand rockets fired from the North, but only in the limited area around the border. Hmm. So they're not escalating beyond the border. Hezbollah, until now, seems uninterested in a full-scale war. That might have something to do with what, what the Iranians want and don't want. It's understood there was a conversation leak between the supreme leader of Iran and the one of the leaders of Hamas, where A, he was furious that they had launched this attack without telling them, B, he said it was a stain on Islam, and C, worse than that, it brought American forces back into the Middle East in, in, in you know, numbers, primarily the two carrier battle groups that are sitting, one in the, in the Mediterranean, one in the Red Sea right now. On the other hand, it hasn't stopped the Iranian ally, the Houthis, which are in Yemen, yeah. from A, sending um, occasional missiles at Israel, all of which have been intercepted by Israel's missile-to-missile defense system, and B, yesterday they seized a ship, which they claimed was an Israeli ship. In reality, it's a ship that an Israeli businessman 
owns some portion of, but it's a ship that was flagged in the Bahamas, um, uh, plying between Turkey and India, and having a crew with no Israelis on board. So I'm not really sure what they accomplished other than pirate piracy on the high seas, yeah. which is usually something more than anything else the U.S. Navy takes care of, because that's one of the key functions of the U.S. Navy these days in the world is to keep keep the sea lanes of the world open from pirates. And, you know, we've gone all the way back. It's been the that's been the uh, role of the U.S. Navy going back to the Barbary pirates in the 18, early 1800s. So right. Well, the, the uh, interesting thing though is, it, does this jeopardize the flow of goods and services through the uh, canal there? Through uh, well, it, not so much the canal, but from continuation after the canal, it does. It can theoretically do that. So that's why it's something. It's considered a very uh, bad act, you know, particularly for Egypt, which earned so much revenue from the canal passage. Yeah. Um, so it's it's not good. Um, but again, that's ultimately, I think the United States Navy will will make sure it doesn't happen again because that's really it's been a traditional role. I mean, you can talk about the various things America's done overseas, but literally. That was the first major overseas uh, action of the U.S. Navy or the U.S. government at all uh, when the U.S. Navy, you know, attacked the the um, pirates off of Tripoli and the Barbary pirates and successfully ended piracy in the Mediterranean way back when. 1776, I think it was. was no, no, that's uh, 18, 1801, 1802, 1776 was independence, so. Yeah. That's the year the U.S. Navy was founded. Right. Um but um, yeah, so that's that's that portion of it, um, and then of course the question is, you know, look, there's a tremendous humanitarian disaster being created in Gaza. There's no question about that, um, but no one knows any other solution, quite honestly, and that's the tragedy of it all. It is a tragedy. I said, of all places, I saw an article in CNN. In fact, I may still have it here, but it was a former. Uh, special forces guy who is saying, actually, Israel is following is following urban warfare rules and uh, to the letter of the law, which is kind of reassuring. It's because uh, no, it clearly, it clearly, absolutely is. But urban warfare is terrible anyway, right? right? Especially when you have an enemy <clears throat> that has put themselves inside civilian civilian population, which violates international uh, law, uh, law of the you know war of the excuse me law of the war. Right. Uh, so they've been violating it uh, consistently. International legal law says basically that if there's collateral damage because uh, the opposing forces are uh, within civilian population and doing this on purpose, then you're allowed to attack. But, you know, it doesn't make it any easier. It doesn't really, you know what I'm saying? In other words, yes, Israel is is absolutely following the law. It's not creating, there's no such thing as, you know, the, all these chants about genocide, which is absurd considering the fact that the population in Gaza has increased five times over over the last 40 years. So genocide is pretty hard to do when, you're, when the population is growing. Um, but yes, it's a terrible thing for these people. I feel for them. But these are their leaders, and they also, public opinion polls that one point of public opinion that's come out uh, from Gaza and the West Bank shows there's overwhelming support for Hamas. Yeah. So now what do you do? Exactly. So we're going to leave that. I want to talk to you about what's happening in Ukraine, this uh, election in uh, Argentina and more. Mark, can you stick around? Absolutely, Bob. All right. We're going to have more here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Are you looking to buy or sell a home? Make it a convenient and stress-free experience by calling the dynamic and trustworthy husband and wife team of Megan and Matt Chionis with Gulf Coast International Properties. Find out about their unique and complimentary post-closing concierge services not offered by other area agents. Matt and Megan Chionis give you the competitive advantage to command a premium price for your property. They personally attend all showings, create a marketing strategy for your property, and offer that complimentary concierge service to your potential buyer. This hands-on approach has helped them set several sales records in Pelican Bay and many at near-record prices. Megan and Matt Chionis understand that as an affluent buyer-seller, your needs and desires are unique. You deserve this level of service. 
Megan and Matt Chionis are passionate about the Naples lifestyle and they want you to enjoy it too. Call Megan and Matt Chionis with Gulf Coast International Properties at 239-269-5310. That's 239-269-5310. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. They help prepare elected officials to perform in the state legislatures, and you can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Jim McTagg, former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief. Right now, we continue the conversation with Mark Schulman, the founder and publisher of HistoryCentral.com. Again, Mark, thank you so much for joining us. Always a pleasure. Let's move our discussion to Ukraine. Okay, so with Ukraine, there's been uh, an interesting development in the last week that's come somewhat unnoticed based on all of what's going on in the, in the Gaza war. All the coverage has gone from, from there. But the Ukrainians seem to have had a, a breakthrough in their counteroffensive. They crossed the, the Dnieper River and um, now control a significant amount of real estate on the other side of the Dnieper, which was the, one of the natural defensive lines that the Russians have and they seem to be expanding their bridgehead every day. So while everything's been quiet, this seems to be going on. How far they're going to be able to go with that is unclear. Mm. Um, but from what I understand, the Russians are going to have a hard time finding troops to reinforce that area because they're, uh, they don't have reserve uh, forces really available. So they've been, up, they've been obsessing about, about an offensive they've had in the north that has made minor progress with the humongous amount of losses, and now the Rush, now the um, the um, Ukrainians in the center area near Kherson have made significant progress at this point. So we'll have to see. You know, you never know. In, in war, you make all sorts of predictions, and you can say, "Well, we're at a stalemate," and this and that, and then suddenly facts on the ground change suddenly. So we'll have to see where that goes. No, I think it's Russia that's actually starting to uh, enlist people in their 40s and 50s into the uh, into the conflict. Oh, absolutely. They were trying to, to enlist anybody because they don't have people left. Yeah. That's the reality. Remember, go back to some of our early discussions. The Russians have had a, a birth rate of about you know, less than one. They're, they're one of the lowest birth rates in the world in the last 20 years. And they have one of the lowest um, mortality rates for a while. And so, um, especially, you know, they, they were doing reasonably well with mortality rates in the world of, during the communist period because one thing that communism had was basic medical care. Uh, but they lost that too, so unclear what's they, they just don't have enough people to fight this war and as much as we think of russia being huge and you know never ending uh they were having real trouble at this point fighting enough personnel willing to become or being forced to become cannon fodder it's so interesting uh, so, and, and my my uh guess is and i don't know this but my guess is that there's not a mass migration illegal or otherwise into the into russia no, that's definitely not. There was a big, big migration out of Russia yeah. uh, of males in the in military age, uh, starting at the beginning of this war, and I don't think any of them have come back. So we had a couple of hundred thousand uh, Russian males, uh, people mostly in the high tech world and etc. They all left the country. Yeah. So. So we'll let's see where let's, that goes. At this let's point. let's pick up with uh, Finland. So Finland is an interesting thing where. Uh, Finland is the latest member of NATO. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the results of the Russian invasion of Ukraine has been the fact that uh, Finland and Sweden requested entry. Sweden is still waiting to deal with Turkey, which is a problematic member, to say the least. They, you need a unanimous consent in order for a new country to join. But they did allow Finland to join, 
And Finland has a tremendous border with Russia, and of course not a very happy history. If you go back to your World War II uh, history, Finland and Russia had a war. The, the Russians invaded Finland, um, and the first part they were pushed back, and then they managed to make to gain control of a part of Finland. And of course, when the war ended, they they pulled out. But Finland had been a, basically a neutral country mm-hmm. all these many, many years because of the, the Russian influence. But this was pushed them to actually become active members of NATO. So they have a very, very large open border with Russia, literally just markers marking it the way the Canadian border used to be in the United States. Um, and what's happened is the Russians are trying to destabilize Finland like they're trying to destabilize so much of the West. Um, and in this case, they're... I'm sure they're also using social media, but what they're doing is they're finding migrants. I'm not really sure how the migrants got to Russia. It's an interesting question, but they're pushing them across the Finnish border. Hmm. And, of course, um, Finland, you know, look for this way. Like, no one else, including the United States, no one likes illegal migrants. Uh, Finland, Finland has taken its share of, of legal migrants out for asylum. So the Finnish army, together with its border police, are now building a fence along with this huge open border that exists between Finland and Russia. Hmm. So Russia tries wherever it can to destabilize countries. That's uh, their MO at this point. I've got to imagine that the terrain for that, where they're building the fence, has got to be <laughs> pretty severe. Well, it's particularly the weather, obviously. Yeah. You know, it's, it's all the way up north. I don't think it's actually, I don't think it's that mountainous along the actual border. That's why Russia's been able to invade so many times. Hmm. Um, but it's a big, long, long border. And... Um, you know, Finland's not a very big country in terms of population, so but the it was it was left to the border police to do it, but now the army is participating as well. So interesting. So. Let's move to this most interesting election in Argentina. Absolutely. So it's a really interesting. Uh, the person who won has no political experience. He's a um, a man out of your own heart in terms of his economic policies. Right. Um, we'll have to see. Uh, he talked about destroying the you know blowing up the central bank, and he wants to impose the dollar as the currency of Argentina. Right. Uh, let's keep in mind that the inflation rate in Argentina right now is 120% a year. Yeah. I mean, think about that. You know, when the United States, one complains when the, you know, how high the inflation rate got, and I think at the peak it went, got to 9% or 8%. Right. That's, it's well, down now back to, back to 3%. 120%. That means something that cost $10 today will cost... Um, twenty-two dollars next year. But well, uh, so. keep going, going way back. Argentina, as I recall, was the wealthiest nation in both South or North America. It was uh, back in nineteen oh one in that in that period. Well, it has a very rich agricultural. You know, the Argentinian beef, and it has it has minerals, and it's a relatively wealthy and had been a stable country. But it's gone through all sorts of upheavals yeah. with you know Juan Perón being the uh, the the dictator in charge of Argentina after World War II, and then his wife taking over. Uh, they're actually, the current government is basically considered Peronist. It's not not a dictatorship, but it's a Peronist government. Right. So it's not. It, he didn't win from a left wing, um, a left wing government. He led from a a semi right government. I would say the he won against the current finance minister of of um, Argentina. How about how about um, how about corrupt government? Well, yes, <laughs> corrupt and incompetent. Let's let, 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 let's get to the most important point to, yeah. to Argentinians. It was an incompetent government. Any com, com, any country that manages their one hundred and twenty percent inflation is clearly clearly incompetent. Yeah. Um, the question is, you know, will his policies work? Will he be able to implement them? Again, one of you know, it's always nice, and people have voted for people who are have you know out, outsiders. Whether it's you know various businessmen, whether it's Trump as a businessman or whoever it is, outsiders to become heads of state. It doesn't happen often, but it happens sometimes. And the big question always becomes, you know, will they be able to translate their experience, etc., in business into government? Yeah. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. Interesting experiment, though. I think it's also what's significant to me, anyhow, is the fact that all of South America seem to be going globalist, socialist, and so forth. This is a big turnaround for a very important part of uh, South America. No, absolutely. But I mean, Argentina's been going two ways. I mean, it's a very interesting situation, very dynamic. But do you know what the best thing about it is? Hmm. 
they've been going whichever way they've been going by elections. Yeah. Let's let's remember that. You know, you and I can remember a time when there were almost no free elections in all of South America. That's right, yeah. So, you know, whether they're turning socialist or turning radically right or turning whatever they're doing, they're all doing it because the people are deciding. And we have to say that's a good thing. And not only that, but as I recall, this election was held on Sunday. They actually had results, 92% of the vote in, and were able to declare a winner winner on Monday. Right, and it was a, a difference of about 8% in the popular vote. Yeah. Um, so, yes, absolutely. Uh, and no, I think there's 46, no it's for like 46 million people. I don't know how, how many percent, uh, what percent of that 46 million can vote, but I would imagine it's a pretty large percentage. Right, absolutely. Um, no question about it. No one's questioning the results. Uh, even people are not happy with it. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. Um, we shall see. I don't know. It's um, The world is quite quite in turmoil, to say the least. Uh, and of course, we had the big business news this week, this weekend, of course, with OpenAI, uh, with Sam Altman, the, the founder, being ousted by his board and as of this morning, he's now working for Microsoft. Yes, that's so interesting indeed. Again, Mark Schulman, founder and publisher of a terrific multimedia website. I hope you check it out. Uh, HistoryCentral.com. Good for kids of all ages. HistoryCentral.com. Mark, really appreciate your most up-to-the-date commentary here on what's happening on the globe. Thanks so much for joining us. Have a great week, Bob. You as well. Thank you. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with John Miltimore. He is the editor-at-large for Fee.org. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Two-thirds of parents prefer educational options for their children, with 40% strongly preferring options for their child's education. School choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit corporation, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior quality schools of choice. Optima's goal was the successful launch of Hillsdale College Varney Charter School, Initiative Classical Academies, and other schools of excellence across the state of Florida, serving kindergarten through the 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through a content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. In a terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy has already opened here in Naples. You can find out more by visiting the website Optima.Foundation. Help children in Florida optimize their educational opportunities. Visit www.Optima.Foundation. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Lulu Bee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center, now serving dinners uh, Wednesday through Saturday, 4 to 8 p.m. Of course, closed on Thanksgiving. But uh, the menu is terrific and what great value. Again, enjoy Lulu Bee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Jim McTagg, former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief. Right now we have with us John Miltimore. He is the editor-at-large for fee.org, F-E-E.org. John, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Hey, thanks for having me on, Bob. Always a pleasure, John. Tell us about fee.org. 
Yeah, FEMA is an organization founded in 1946. Uh, our mission is to educate the next generation on economics and individual liberty. Fee.org is the website. I hope you check it out. Very robust and a terrific organization supporting high school and college kids, especially in terms of the principles of uh, freedom and uh, responsibility. Uh, uh, you wrote a, a column, which is just so interesting. Why Mr. Beast is under fire for bringing clean water to 500,000 Africans. Maybe you can tell us about it. Yeah, Mr. Beast, for those who don't know, I, I knew about Mr. Beast years ago because my kids all watch him on YouTube. But yeah, he's, he's a YouTuber. He's 25 years old. Um, he's, he's incredibly popular. Um, he's kind of made a niche for himself by, by doing these humanitarian you know, activities. He, he plants trees. He cleans up the ocean. He feeds the hungry. Uh, most recently, he was drilling wells uh, in Africa, bringing water to people um, in, in Kenya, Zimbabwe, in, in other countries. Um, when you see what he was doing, it's pretty cool because, he, you know, they had a, he went out there with, a, you know, all these people pulled water out of, like, they showed where they regularly got their water. It was filthy. They, you know, people, they take a bucket down there and um, collect some, some, you know, terrible looking water. But his whole mission was to bring water to, you know, to these people that needed it, uh, fresh, clean water. And people were angry about it. And I, and I found this very interesting. Um, and you, you dig into to their anger a little bit. It, it's very telling. Um, a lot of the people were just upset because he was profiting from it himself. Mm. Um, and uh, it, it, it's interesting, you know, for, for people that listen, they, they've probably heard this before. If you have people that have read Ayn Rand, um, it was very Atlas Shrugged, right? Like yeah. where the villains in Atlas Shrugged are very hostile to the idea of profit. Yeah. Um, and I really think that's important to look at and examine. Um, you know, if, if you go back all the way to the, to the wealth of nations, where Adam Smith talked about, um, you know, profit is not a bad thing. Um, you know, he pointed out it, it's not by the benevolence of the butcher, or the baker, or the brewer that we get served. It, it's by their own self-interest. And, yeah. and we should recognize that profit really is the, the, the economic engine of prosperity. Um, so, so don't get angry about it. I don't think you have to worship, um, you know, Rand, I thought took things a little far. She worshiped like selfishness a little bit, you know, yeah. um, there, there's some objectivists that think selfishness is great. I don't think that, you know, I don't think you have to really celebrate being selfish. You should just recognize that people serving their own interests is good. You know, you're serving your own interests, you're, you're helping yourself, but you're also helping others by doing that. Um, and Mr. Beast shows how that's done. If you, if you look, dig a little deeper, the humanitarian efforts he's doing are very successful. Right. You know, it's, it's pretty incredible what he's doing. People were very angry at, like, the the Kenyan government, for, for example, are saying, why do we have to have a, a YouTuber jet in here to do this when we've been trying to get you to do this for years? And, and the truth is, you know, governments really don't have the right incentives or the right knowledge uh, to do these charitable efforts as well as private institutions. No question. And, and uh, John, you know, it's not only clean water and good-tasting water. We're talking about fighting disease. There's all kinds of consequences about uh, not having what he was helping to provide for these people. And, and some of these areas are so poor, people walk miles in order to get go to the pump to get some water. And if it's not clean, that could end up uh, leading to disease. Uh, actually, I, I'm, I'm very supportive of an organization that uh, uh, takes care of orphans. And uh, primarily because that they were, women were raped, and uh, it's a it's a long story. I won't get into that. But the point being, the work he's doing is just so important to the good health of these people. Oh, you couldn't be more right, Bob. You know, like my my church has a, a similar initiative to it, and we've we've given it to it in the past. And that's the thing about about giving. You can kind of look and see, like, okay. Uh, is, is this working? And if you see a charity that's working, I think everybody, you know, wants to give, but we are kind of suspicious about our giving, right? Like right. we want to, to give these causes, but we've seen the, the scandals and like you find out you're giving money and it's going to, to pay presidents, you know, $5 million a year and so forth. Um, people want to give, but they want to see results. Uh, and you're right. Like we're seeing the results here and, you know, Mr. Beast work, Jim, Jimmy Donaldson is his real name for people interested. Um, Cause you're right. Malaria, diphtheria, diarrhea, you know, dysentery, all these things um, they, they talk about in these videos that are, are very common. 
um, fresh water is something, you know, Americans, you know, thank God we, t- we take for granted. It's just there for us. But it's not for a lot of the people uh, around the world. And it's great to see, like, people like Mr. Beast really, really attacking it and doing good work. And the idea that we would condemn him because he's, you know, serving his own interests along the way is, to me, pretty crazy. It is indeed. Uh, you end your column with a very great quote from Milton Friedman. I want to read it, if I may. He said one of the biggest human uh, humans' mistake that is made is to, to judge policies and programs by their intentions rather than their results. And that is so true. I mean, the, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Oh, you're right. You know, and I'm, I'm thinking already about Thanksgiving. You'll be around the, the Thanksgiving dinner table and these, these conversations come up. And that, that is a good one to use with family members if politics, God forbid, should ever come up. Yeah. You know, this is how we need to look at things. Look at, at the results they achieve, not what you, you thought, you know, a policy was going to do or what you want it to do. Look at what it actually does. And, and when you when you do that, you'll find out a lot of these grandiose, you know, policies and, and, and central plans they don't achieve what they set out to achieve. They actually end up, you know, bringing hell, as you say. Well, one of my observations is the fact that is that most for most politicians, the ribbon cutting is more important than the results. In other words, to announce the program and somehow kick it off is the big deal, with very little follow up or effective follow up in order to implement the results. So you have to admire Mr. Beast for his great work because he actually not only introduced it i'm not even sure with any fanfare but he actually got results yep and that's that's the bottom line we should be looking at what works um using good economics to achieve that and it is sad like like one of the reasons people got so upset it was journalists were calling out like the kenyan government had the ability to do this um here in our own country you know I, i bring up you know, we we think, oh, this is only a problem in Afri- Africa. But if you go back and look at what we've been, we've spent twenty five trillion dollars since nineteen sixty four fighting poverty, and the poverty rate is the same today as as it was in nineteen sixty four. So that should tell us something. What we've been doing isn't working. It's not achieving the results. We should really rethink this. And not only not only achieving the results, but the unintended consequences are breaking up families. I mean, there's so many. Uh, terrible consequences as a real result of the uh, war and poverty. Uh, again, let's go back to private enterprise and keep government in its own lane. Here, here. John Miltimore, again, he is the editor-at-large for uh, Fee.org, F-E-E.org. I hope you check it out. Again, the name of the column is Why Mr. Beast is Under Fire for Bringing Clean Water to 500,000 Africans. No good deed goes unpunished. John, really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thanks uh, for having me on, Bobby. Have yourself a wonderful Thanksgiving. Hey, you as well. Thank you, John. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Jim McTagg, former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief, that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate courtyard garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean dining room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes
includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. And I hope you find out more and get tickets to some great performances coming up. Visit the website, gulfshoreplayhouse.org. We have with us Jim McTagg, former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief and author of some terrific murder mysteries. His first is... uh, uh, Follow the Leader. The second is Shake the Money Tree, and its sequel is called No Problem. Jim, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. It's a pleasure. I'm. Uh, it's it's very cold up here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania today, so I'm I'm pretending that I'm actually in Naples, Florida. <laughs> I cranked up the heat in, indoors, and uh, the only thing missing is uh, are the palm trees. Well, it's beautiful down here, Jim. So, I, you know, I, I know that uh, you followed international events and uh, you know, t- followed money and so forth in your business career. Uh, what do you think of the uh, election in Argentina? Yeah, uh, you know, an economist named Xavier Milley, who who has a lot in common with Donald Trump in terms of his philosophy, who is promising to return that socialist country i mean it it it, it has a a policy imagine that joe biden was president for several decades <laughs> with his welfare policies uh politicians have turned argentina into a, a welfare state and it's bankrupted the country and it has runaway inflation and it's it's just miserable living there and so in comes this young uh, 50-something economist who promises a return to almost, uh, you know, purified capitalism. Yeah. And he, he got 56% of the vote, which is a, a huge uh, margin in Argentina. And this is really good news for the United States because we've been losing influence in South America yeah. to communist China. And so... Uh, Millet says he's going to pivot away from Russia and China. He's going to uh, adopt the dollar as a currency. He's in favor of defending the uh, Ukraine. I mean, he's he's probably going to become the strongest ally we have in South America, our neighbor, which we tend to ignore. And and this is, you know, terrific news uh, for Americans. It's bad news for Biden because it's a small world and his Trump-like agenda, you know, I can, the polls here indicate that Americans want the same thing. Um, You know, the Biden style of socialism hasn't been in in effect for too long, but it's already distorted the economy. And uh, I go out and, and visit stores all the time and look at prices and, and measure shopping habits. And, and what I see now is uh, shoppers who have been very selective and, and sparse, the volume is picking up because it's Thanksgiving week and people yeah. are buying food. Uh, and fortunately, gasoline prices up here have dropped dramatically. Right. So that's more money in their pockets. But... Um, I just happened to visit a Dick's Sporting Goods store, and I, I wandered into the uh, baseball section because I'll be 75 in May, so it's been many, many years since I had uh, boys and girls playing baseball and softball. Mm-hmm. And I was shocked at the prices. Yeah, you know, ima- imagine you're a working dad, say in your 40s, and you have kids playing ball. Well, the the least expensive baseball glove, which is made in Vietnam or the Philippines, is uh, seventy dollars. Holy and mackerel! The, 
that's the least expensive. Yeah. You know, a decent, the, the best looking glove, which was made in China, and it had an American um, moniker, was over $100. A wooden baseball bat, when I was a kid, wooden baseball bats, Louisville Sluggers, uh, we all used them. They were very affordable. Uh, they're now $100 a piece. No. And the, and the aluminum, aluminum bats are uh, about 80 or $90. The point being that if you're a dad and you have uh, kids that want to play uh, baseball and you see these kind of prices, when you read in the newspaper that the rate of inflation is slowing, you know, it hasn't disappeared, the rate is slowing, uh, and yet you have to supply your your children. And, and, and I it brought back memories that the children – when it comes to food, are vacuum cleaners. Yeah. So when you have to feed the family, and, and a lot of prices are still elevated, um, you're feeling a lot of pain. And this, I think this explains why Biden and his economy is uh, so unpopular. Yeah. It helps explain it. Uh, so, no, no question. Uh, so it, it, so our, our, I just want to say Argentina, I think, is a bellwether for the U.S., yeah. and it's really good news for Trump people. Uh, the only thing against Trump besides his trials, his age, the, the fellow in, in Argentina is in his 50s. And, uh, you know, the largest cohorts in, in the country now are between, um, I'd say, uh, between uh, 40 years old and, and, say, 70 years old. So um, I think a younger candidate will have an advantage over either Trump or Biden. Well, of course, I would love to have the energy level of Trump. <laughs> he's, he's an amazing man. He truly is. I must say that uh, just to uh, accentuate the points that you're making, Argentina, as I recall, is one of the richest nations in the world, if not just uh, North and South America. And the change of the century back in the uh, uh, the uh, 20th century. So it's uh, it's just amazing how it's deteriorated and dis been destroyed with 150% inflation, uh, with people being in poverty. It, you know, I recall I have a friend who, who used to vacation, is uh, living in Argentina. He used to visit a farm in Argentina that was been, been in the family for years. And he recalls uh, that the, the uh, farm, the family farm, was taken over by the government and given to a couple of people to, to run. It just deteriorated, went to seed. And uh, that's, you know... These, these socialist policies make absolutely no sense. And here's what's worse. They've never worked anywhere. Uh, no, and, and what's precarious for the United States, and it's a reason that the Fed will not rule out a further rate cut, is that there's no fiscal discipline in Washington. So uh, I've been harping on this. Guns and butter. Uh, we have wars around the world. The U.S., is the, still the arsenal for democracy. So we're spending more on arms. And Biden is uh, giving away billions of dollars to, to groups he hopes to woo uh, in the election, you know, like the minorities who got all the student debt relief totaling billions. Right. Uh, so so he's, he's, he's beggaring our economy. He's pushing us further and further into debt and, and the ability of us to afford uh, these uh, welfare programs, including Social Security, are going to be severely limited in the years of he ahead because of his reckless uh, policies. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the, F the Fed, if you look at Jerome Powell's speech and some other governor's speeches, they all have a line in there now talking about the fiscal situation in Washington. They they're, they're seem to be calling for Congress and the president to help and, and, and to make some meaningful cuts, and it's just not happening. No. Um, well, in fact, uh, I, I read this morning that uh, it's costing Americans now, through tax dollars, uh, half a trillion dollars in order to feed and take care of house the uh, illegal immigrants that have come across our southern border. So this, it's just not sustainable. Jim McTagg, again, former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief. His latest book is a terrific read. It's called No Problem. Jim, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. 
Thank you, Bob. My pleasure, indeed. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. We've got great guests for tomorrow's show. Uh, I always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com, bobharden at hotmail.com. Also, if you enjoy the show, and I hope you do, I appreciate your listening. Uh, tell your friends. That's one of the ways that we reward our advertisers, and we can't do the show without them. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. <laughs> so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.